Hi, this is Dr. Linda Mintel. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast of the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. Our website is filled with more encouraging interviews, all accessible at MyFaithRadio.com. It's time for the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. Well, hi, everyone, and welcome to the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. I'm your host, Dr. Linda Mintel, the Relationship Doctor, and I'm here today with part two of a show that we did on sexual assault, and we have a very special guest. Our guest is returning because we just had too much to talk about, Brittany, <laughs> yeah. when you were here before. Thank you for having me. Maybe I'm a little too chatty. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're, you're not too chatty at all. You have good information. Okay. And we're talking about a really difficult topic that you and I have privately said, this is not something that gets discussed much in the church or in the Christian faith much mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. And certainly this is something that happens not only to Christians, but in the larger culture as well. Mm-hmm. So today we're going to do part two of sexual assault. Now we mentioned last time, Brittany, that you are the Title IX director for Liberty University. Mm-hmm. Tell everybody what that is. How does Title IX and sexual assault fit in together? Title IX is an educational federal amendment that says we can't discriminate on the basis of gender. That is a huge umbrella for gender-based discrimination, but under that umbrella includes sexual violence or sexual assault. Our producer was saying, I know Title IX from sports, which is where people a lot of times think about Title IX. If they have a men's wrestling team, they have to have a woman's wrestling team, right? Sort of. <laughs> kind of. Sort of. It's kind <laughs> of the equality thing. Yeah. But we're talking about how this relates to sexual assault, sexual right. harassment right. on college campuses. If you don't know, Brittany is an attorney, and you graduated from Liberty University School of Law. Uh-huh. Is that correct? And yes. you are full-time employed now. You're married and you have a little girl and you have a child on the way. Yes, ma'am. And that's exciting. busy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're getting ready to have that child? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's usually what happens Been about ready. this time. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, let's talk a little bit more about sexual assault. We've established in our last show that it is a huge problem mm-hmm. in the culture. There's so many people that struggle with this. And to give us an idea, how big is the problem? Well, I think Part of the reason it's so big is because more often than not, people don't even realize that they're committing a sexual assault. Really? Or people don't realize, I was sexually assaulted. That was not okay. So why is that, that they don't realize that? Is it lack of an understanding of appropriate boundaries? Yes. Yes. Really? Because the boundaries have not been there or have been crossed for so long that it's created this culture of this is what should be socially acceptable even though it's not right. An example of that would be the understanding that, yeah, we're going to have a lot of drinks, and when she's far gone enough, that's when we'll be able to have sex. Well, when she's too far gone, she can't consent. So if you allow that to happen or you engage in a sexual encounter with someone and they're not actively participating because they are not able to consent, that is sexual assault. And so people don't think of it 
as a consent issue all the time. Right. Because, oh, this is how everyone functions. So this this guy slapped me on a part of my body as I was walking out of the room or he said happens all the time. Yeah. Or he said nasty things to me, Mm -hmm. made lewd jokes to me when I was in the break room. Mm -hmm. Is that a form of sexual harassment? Yes. That is is. sexual harassment because it's unwelcomed unless you have some reason to believe that the other person is welcoming that behavior or it's accepted between the two of you. Mm. Any sexual innuendos, requests for sexual favors, sexual comments that make someone feel uncomfortable, specifically in the workplace, in the educational environment, is sexual harassment. Because this is often accepted and no one wants to, quote unquote, make a big deal about it, as a culture, we kind of accept that this is something that we do when it's sexual harassment. And there's consequences. If you look at a number of workplace harassments, people are afraid to report because they're afraid they're going to get fired. So mm-hmm. that's something you have to weigh, isn't it? That's absolutely a part of what we do. Retaliation is yeah. something that is also responded to in the context of sexual harassment, sexual violence, specifically with Title IX. Yeah. And then I'm thinking also about just domestic violence, which mm-hmm. would fall in this category and the fear that I know in the counseling area, in the therapy area, I work with so many women who would love to get out of that situation, but they don't have the resources, Mm -hmm. they're afraid, and a lot of times they're afraid because they've been told they'll be killed, and Mm -hmm. there are circumstances where they've been hurt or even murdered at times. So this is a very scary area. And it doesn't just stop there. Title IX also covers dating violence Mm -hmm. as well as stalking people do not know, oh my goodness, I can report this. The school or someone can do something about this. I read an article and then I wrote a blog on it one time on marital rape. That's considered as well sexual assault where you are in a marriage and maybe the man feels like you're more property and he can do with you what he wants to do with you, which I've heard that phrase Mm -hmm. from people in therapy. And you're saying that if the wife does not give consent and says, please don't, please Mm -hmm. stop, please Mm -hmm. don't, that that could be even considered marital rape. Yeah. And those are the areas that make people uncomfortable because (laughs) they've been accepted. Oh, my gosh. I'm thinking about in the church, a woman going into a pastor Mm -hmm. and saying, I had this baby and I'm hurting physically and I did not want to have sex. And my husband continued to force himself on me because I've heard this. I'm sad to report this, where there have been some pastors who have said, look, that's your duty. You do what you need to do. Mm-hmm. And the women have felt very trapped right. and abused in those situations. Right. Now, I know people listening to that are probably thinking, well, that seems a bit extreme to me. But it does happen, doesn't it? And that's one of the biggest challenges in faith-based communities yeah. is Getting people to a point that they feel comfortable coming forward, knowing what the response could be, knowing what the attitude could be towards them, what the backlash could be Mm -hmm. if they come forward with it and getting them to understand that this is not okay, and it doesn't have to be okay, and these are the reasons why and this is what we can do to assist you. I think it was very unclear in the election process when we would hear reports of one of the candidates saying certain things about women, Mm -hmm. or we would hear that women were coming forward with some kind of allegation. And I heard in the news people saying that that is sexual assault. Mm -hmm. So would you have agreed with that, using the term in the way that people were using the term? Anytime someone commits a sexual act against another person and that person did not give consent, 
is sexual assault. Okay, that's real clear. Say that definition again. Any time a physical sexual act is perpetrated against another person and that person did not give consent or was not able to give consent, that is sexual assault. Okay. If we get that in our brain, Mm -hmm. that is a little bit easier to put our head around. Right. It's a big problem in our culture today. We're talking about sexual assault. It may be a little X-rated, maybe for some of the little people that are listening to this. We want to give you some warning about that. We're going to get into the impact of sexual assault after we take a break. So stay with us. Learn what you can about sexual assault because hopefully you'll never be a victim of that, but you may know somebody who is. More when we return. The other day I was cut off the road by a driver. Everything in me wanted to yell, hey, watch out. But I restrained myself knowing that yelling at the driver would not do so much good. And it wasn't the best way to deal with my anger. Anger easily rises up in most of us. Anger, while a natural emotion, needs to be dealt with in the right way. The Bible tells us, be angry, but do not sin. So what is the biblical way to handle anger? Well, this is a question I answer in my short and easy book to read, Breaking Free from Anger and Unforgiveness. That small book has sold over 130,000 copies because of how practical and helpful it is to everyday living. So if you want to be angry but not sin, practice what Scripture teaches. Breaking Free from Anger and Unforgiveness is available on my website, drlindamintel.com, and online where books are sold. Hey, it's Dr. Linda Mintel from the Dr. Linda Mintel Radio Show. Join the conversation for our shows by commenting on questions and show topics posted on social media. Go to MyFaithRadio.com, click on my show, and leave your comments in the comment box. Or click on one of the social media icons and leave your comments on Facebook or Twitter. We'd love to hear from you. Well, you are listening to the Dr. Linda Mental Show with my very special guest, Brittany Wardlaw, who is the Title IX Director at Liberty University and has a lot of experience working with victims of sexual assault. Now let's talk a little bit about the impact that this mm-hmm. has and why this particular sin is such a devastating one for so many people. There's a lot of different reasons, Linda. The recovery from this type of sin against another person is very difficult to come back from. Not impossible, Mm -hmm. but it's very difficult because this person is affected mentally, physically, emotionally, psychologically. So there's damage in so many areas and it's such a invasion of your privacy Mm -hmm. to have to talk about something like that. The shame That comes with that, even when you haven't done anything wrong, it's a shameful invasion of your person wrestling with the self-blame and feeling responsible and the hindsight of what I could have done differently to avoid this. It really does trap people emotionally and mentally and inhibiting them from moving forward from it. I had especially practice with eating disorders Mm -hmm. and I worked a lot with people who were struggling with obesity. Mm -hmm. And there was a subgroup of people that I worked with who were very overweight, 
trying to lose weight, having some success, but would always go back to eating and would be cued by different things. And as I would look into the history of those women, I would find out that they had had some kind of a rape or a, a sexual trauma. Somebody had assaulted them. And they were unconsciously keeping the weight on, thinking that somehow mm-hmm. if I weigh more, mm-hmm. then no man will come near me and mm-hmm. will leave me alone. And mm-hmm. somehow that became a protective layer. Mm-hmm. And people didn't get better until we went back and we dealt with the rape or the sexual trauma and helped them see that this is not a way to protect yourself. You could not have protected yourself based on what happened. And the complexity of that trauma goes even further based on how others respond, especially Mm -hmm. if they decide to share it with Mm -hmm. someone, if someone finds out about it, how people respond has a direct impact on how that person recovers. If they blame you, Mm -hmm. that's probably the worst. If they blame you, if they dismiss you, they assume that you're not telling the truth. That's the other scary thing. This person has enough courage to articulate that this happened. And then when they do, the person assumes you're not telling the truth. Yeah, that would be devastating. Right. And I've heard that over and over. You're making that up, especially in the cases of incest, mm -hmm. when children are involved and children go and they tell and they're told your father would never do that to you or Mm -hmm. that neighbor is a really nice man. Why would you make something like that up? Mm -hmm. You're going to hurt him. And a lot of times the victims are told that if they do tell someone, Mm -hmm. something terrible is going to happen to them as well. Right. For other people that could be affected by what's happening, it's so much cleaner for them if this person keeps it to themselves Mm. and Everyone isn't devastated by you saying or accusing this person of what happened. Just keep it to yourself and it'll all go away and you'll be fine and we'll all be fine. So much of healing comes from telling the story. Right, right. And one thing I do always like to share and emphasize is that only 4 to 8% of people that report or tell someone about what happened to them is not true. That's a very small percentage. Very, very small. Because there's always an assumption that they're not telling the truth. And the question I always like to ask is, why would anyone want to make up this type of information? Unless they have some serious psychological problems Which is probably that 4 to 8%. There probably is some serious psychological issue of getting attention or gain. Almost 96% of the people that say something, it actually happened. So what we're looking at is we're looking at how the person feels about themselves. A person feels like, I'm no good. The comment I hear a lot is, I'm dirty. Mm -hmm. There's something wrong with me. I'm defective. Mm -hmm. That's even more intensified in the faith-based community because a lot of these women for most of their lives have been hearing a message about purity. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. when you're saying your impurity is everything, When it's taken away, Mm -hmm. they feel like I'm no good to anybody anymore. Stay with us because we're going to give you some hope for that. Because with God, there's always an undo, isn't Mm -hmm. there? (laughs) Yes. Thank the Lord for that. Yeah. And that's where part of it is finding that esteem Mm -hmm. in the Lord. But it does impact your confidence, your self-esteem. And then we're looking at relationally how it affects you. Because if you're someone who's been violated, then you don't feel worthy in those relationships. And you're struggling when you go out with other people to feel like you're good enough or okay to have, or you don't want somebody like me who's had that kind of violation. Right. 
And then how about the trust issues? Mm -hmm. The trust issues are so immense after that because you don't see this coming a lot of times. And Mm -hmm. then you're violated in such a horrible way that your ability to want to be with someone and trust somebody Mm -hmm. would be greatly challenged as well. Right. And it looks differently. It looks so much differently for every person. That's Um, a good point. And that's what we want to emphasize, too, is because one person could go to counseling and shortly into having counseling, they are able to emotionally get to a place where, wow, I do see the Lord as restoring me and I can trust because I can trust him. And others, it takes years. Mm -hmm. I have a good friend who was sexually assaulted for a lot of her childhood. Mm -hmm. And she's almost 30, loves the Lord, very strong relationship with him. But this is something that she still works through through. every day. And to emphasize with victims, you don't have to be so hard on yourself, feeling like I should be past this already. Mm -hmm. Or how come therapy hasn't helped me to this point already? Am I broken? But that process looks different for everyone. And the Lord knows that. He knows that. And he hasn't forgotten about you. And he does care about you specifically. But your process looks different for a reason. That's so good to keep in mind for everybody. Because Mm -hmm. I'm thinking of things like if you're a very sensitive person, this could affect you differently than Mm -hmm. someone who doesn't have that type of sensitivity. Mm -hmm. Or if you're somebody who has had a lot of other problems that you're struggling with, this is another one on top of that. There are layers for different people. Right. And to not judge somebody and say, get over it. Right. It's about time. Let that person have the time that they need. Well, listen, we're going to go to a break. Uh, When we come back, Brittany, I want to talk about the power of forgiveness Mm -hmm. in this process. Mm -hmm. So stay with us. More with Brittany Wardlaw when we come back. This is the Mental Health Minute. Here's Dr. Linda. Hey, I know it's hard to believe, but the holiday season is just around the corner. Hi, I'm Dr. Linda Mental, the relationship doctor. And can I just say that some relationships can be really stressed during the holiday season? You know, it's not too early to think and pray about what you want the holidays to look like this year. Here are a few quick points to ponder. Set a budget. You do yourself a great service when you decide in advance how much you'll spend and how. Discuss your plans with friends and family. If you wait too long, you may find yourself overcommitted or someone's feelings are hurt because you don't show up where you're expected. Talking about it now takes away a lot of the tension that can come up later. And focus on why we celebrate. Try being thankful for the whole month of November and begin now to acknowledge the significance of Jesus' birth in your life. You don't want to wait until December 25th to celebrate him. With a little planning and a lot of prayer, you can enjoy the holidays instead of stressing through the season. Welcome back to the Dr. Linda Mental Show. Today, you're listening to Brittany Wardlaw, who is from Liberty University's Title IX office. Brittany specializes in helping people with sexual assault and works a lot with the victims and the process. And Brittany, we've been talking so much about the impact of sexual assault on a person. What about the role of forgiveness in terms of moving forward and getting to a place of healing? Mm -hmm. How important is that? 
It is really important, Linda. Forgiveness can be a process. It um, usually is, isn't it? Yes. For most people. Yes. The deeper the pain, sometimes the longer the process. When we had the forgiveness conversation, emphasizing that, hey, we know that this is not something that we're asking you to do right now. And right. you may not be there right now. Right. Because a lot of them feel like I've heard this all of my life. And maybe they have been, quote unquote, forgiving someone for years and it has continued continued to happen. Mm -hmm. We don't know where people are mentally, emotionally, spiritually. So emphasizing that, yes, forgiveness is something that the Lord can give us freedom in. But Mm -hmm. he also recognizes how he's created us. He recognizes the pain. He recognizes the process Mm -hmm. that's necessary to happen. I've seen it be a part of powerful testimonies where people have talked about their forgiveness process being years, Mm -hmm. years long. And I've also seen the other side of the spectrum, but it does look different for everyone else. And just because someone's process is longer doesn't make them any less of a Christian or any weaker in their faith. Relying on the Lord and allowing him to work that process in you and your timing is key. I think one of the things that helps people is helping people understand that forgiveness is something you do individually. It's not the same as reconciling with that person. Mm -hmm. So you can forgive someone and then say, I am not having a relationship with that person Mm -hmm. because of the violation. I don't trust them. I'm not going to continue to have that relationship. Forgiveness doesn't in any way minimize what was done to you. Right. And forgiveness doesn't condone what that person does. And sometimes I think people get confused and they think, well, if I forgive that person, somehow I'm letting them off the hook. I'm lessening the impact of what happened. It doesn't mean any of those things. Mm -hmm. The difference is that God will judge that person. They will pay for that at some point. Right. But it's up to us in terms of moving forward on our own healing we have to forgive. And sometimes we choose to forgive. It's an act of our will. Mm -hmm. And then our emotions take a long time to catch up with that. And sometimes I'm telling you, Brittany, not even just with sexual assault, but other things too. You have to wake up every day and say, I choose Mm -hmm. to forgive that person today. Lord, give me what I need to walk in that forgiveness today. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. Like you said, for people to do that. Right. We're not trying to push people into a process that's too quick. Right. And a lot of times people have to forgive themselves. They feel like somehow they shouldn't have let this happen. Yes. And that there's something wrong with them. And I've had so many people say to me, this is such a big sin mm-hmm. that was done against me. How could I ever be whole again? And how could God ever fix me? And mm-hmm. that's our stuck place to be if you feel like this is too big for God. Right. And even in that same thought, sometimes they feel like I deserved this Mm -hmm. because of what I was doing, Mm -hmm. because of my lifestyle, because of the choices that I made. I brought this on myself. So forgiving yourself is a really big first step. I heard a woman the other day when I was dealing with this with her, she said, I don't know how to tell people no. And I don't do that very well. So she felt like the reason this man sexually molested her was because she didn't know how to say stop that. And she Mm -hmm. felt very responsible for that. And it was hard for her to understand that 
because you're not very assertive, you were freezing in that situation, Mm -hmm. that that was never an excuse for that person to do what he did to you. Mm -hmm. But that's hard. That takes time for victims to get their brain wrapped around. And we don't want to push people too quickly. But I think it's important to not get to a place where you are so bitter by what happened. And that's really what forgiveness over time does Mm -hmm. is it opens you up so that you don't allow bitterness to get into your heart and then work even more destruction Mm -hmm. into your life. By God's grace, you have that ability through the power of the Holy Spirit in you to forgive somebody. Right. Let's look at a couple of scriptures. Psalm 72, 4 says, May he defend the cause of the poor of the people, give deliverance to the children of the needy, and crush the oppressor. Don't you love that? (laughs) That's what God's going to do. He's going to crush that oppressor. And sometimes when you're struggling with this, how is this person getting away with this? Why isn't something terrible happening to this person? You can read this scripture in Psalm 72 that says, God is there defending you. You're the needy. He's going to crush your oppressor. I think that's very encouraging. It is very encouraging. And even in that scripture that you read, it made me think of the scripture that the Lord gave me when this office started, which was Proverbs 31, 8 and 9. And I feel like it addresses everyone that's affected or witnesses or is aware of sexual assault or any of the other issues we've been addressing. So Proverbs 31, 8 and 9 says, speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, Mm. for the rights of all who are destitute. Speak up and judge fairly, defend the rights of the poor and the needy. And when I looked in the concordance of, of the definition of poor and the definition of needy, you would think money, financial, and that's not at all what the interpretation was. It was those who are weak, those who are in need, for us to speak up and be available to them. It's encouraging those who have been affected, Mm -hmm. encouraging those who are aware, encouraging us to have the conversation about it, because it's something that's talked about in the Bible, as we talked about before. This is not something that God shies away from. You knew it was going to happen. And it was going to continue to happen because wherever there's people, there's sin. Right. And this is a sin that we're going to continue to see. But we don't have to sit back and not do anything about it. And we have a powerful God Mm -hmm. who is always the God of hope. Mm -hmm. And he's the God of healing. Mm -hmm. And as you move along this process, we pray if you're listening to this today and you're someone who has experienced a sexual assault or some kind of harassment, that you can go to the Lord and begin your healing with him because he is the ultimate healer, healing the deepest parts of us. We also encourage you to get a counselor who understands sexual assault so that you can get some help along this way, some support. If it has been something that's happened to you in a campus, you can go to the Title IX office and get help. But remember, our God is a God of hope and a God of healing. Well, Brittany, thank you so much for being here today. It's wonderful to have you for two shows. I got you twice. And maybe we can think of a reason to bring you back. Yeah, I enjoy doing it. I really do. Thanks so much. And that's all the time we have for today. Many thanks to our producer, Pam Miller, our social media director, Cody Gokenhauer, our post producer, Chris Underation. And thanks, of course, to you, my special guest, Brittany Wardlaw, and all the wonderful work that you're doing and continue to do. You are one of those people who are helping the brokenhearted. We thank you so much for your work and your calling from all of us here at faith radio talk to you next weekend in the meantime remember we're here we're doing life together and it's better when you don't have to do it alone
The Dr. Linda Mental Show is a production of WQLU-FM 90.9 in Lynchburg, Virginia. Well, thanks for listening to this conversation from the Dr. Linda Mental Show. These podcasts are available because of listener support. You can make a gift now at MyFaithRadio.com. And thanks for sharing this audio link with a friend and helping us grow the impact of the Dr. Linda Mental Show. Also, take a moment to subscribe to the podcast today at iTunes or your podcast player, and you'll never miss a show.